What's up, world? Welcome to the Positive Truth, uplifting and positive news to help you believe in yourself and the world around you. Tim, what are we trying to bring? Here at the Positive Truth, we're trying to bring awareness, empowerment, inspiration, optimism, and understanding to communities everywhere. JP, how are you, sir? I'm doing stupendous. How are you doing, Tim? Feeling inspired. Feeling inspirational because we have two inspirational stories. And I'm just going to say I haven't heard Tim's, but he has been hyping it up all day. And mine is actually pretty spectacular, too. So this might be a classic episode. Definitely a classic. What do you got, Tim? What's your inspirational story? So before I get started, a little backstory, a little let's backtrack to, you know, last episode. JP and I made a bet <laughs> to run a marathon. And it's not a race. It's just we're trying to finish. You know, we're taking two different, you know, perspectives of uh training. Let's just say that. I'm taking the traditional route. JP's taking the uh let's just say progressive route. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. That was much nicer than what you said last time. <laughs> So, you know, running, we're, we're talking about running a marathon. We're going to have a good time for it. We're trying to be in the best shape of our lives. But there's other reasons why people run marathons. And I actually ran across this man from um, Cumbrian, and his name is Gary McKee. He just finished his 365th marathon in a row. He Whoa. ran 365 marathons in the year 2022. And, yeah, oh, the time, we're talking. The time, time, time out. He ran a marathon a day? Every single day in the year of 2022. It was wild. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not trying to interrupt your story. How? Exactly, right? We're talking about running one, making all these bets and like cracking up about it. Meanwhile, we got a man across the pond that's over here running one a day. Like every single day. The 53-year-old father of three, he basically He's 53? And he ran 365 marathons? This man went through... He went through 20 pairs of running shoes throughout that year, too, on top of that. Exactly, man. This, look, (laughs) JP, this story is awesome. So he basically had this mentality. He wanted to raise a million dollars for a couple charities, right? Um, The McMillan Cancer Support and the West Cumbria Hospice at Home. His mentality was like, look, I want to raise this money. Um, How can I do it? I can run. That's something I definitely can do. He ran in some sanctioned races, and then he, sometimes he started from his house, and he had a route that he would run where his community knew what he was doing. So he, had, he would have people show up every week, every day, and they would clap and cheer for him on until that very last one. That's whenever the whole community showed up, man. Everybody that knew what he was doing showed up. Remember, he set this goal for a million dollars. And when people are asking him, you know, like, you guys have raised about 600,000 euros, like, you know, are you guys going to make it or how do you feel? And he was just like, look, I'm going to do everything I can to raise this money. But if we don't raise this million dollars, it's not going to be because I didn't run 365 marathons. <laughs> so, he- <laughs> so my man Gary got up. Look, he got up and he went out and he ran. And for his very last one, man, he basically he said he was feeling a little bit nervous that he was just used to the run. It wasn't very much, but he kind of could see that 
he could feel the energy that he knew this was going to be his last one for the 365 in a row. He knew that the people in his community knew this was going to be his last one. And the community basically, not only did they cheer him on on this one, a lot of people actually took off and they ran with him. Um, they jogged and finished through with him. The whole community cheered. They basically threw a big party for him and everything. And Gary, again, repeated what I told you already. If we don't raise this money, it's not going to be because he didn't run this 365 marathons. And he plans on doing it again. He plans on running even more and raising even more money for more charities. And I wanted to talk about him because me, again, me and you were talking about making this bet for our own personal reasons and having a good time. And that's who we are. But meanwhile, there's other people out there running for so much more than just themselves. And I just thought this was really awesome because as a young kid, I fell in love with running. And as an adult, I'm definitely falling in love with it again. So seeing, you know, inspirational stories like this definitely keep me going and keep me falling back in love with the sport I fell in love with as a kid. Is he okay? Like, dude, my man, okay? is like your his heart legs, okay? His legs look strong. He doesn't look like he's in pain. Like, I would go like on three mile runs and have shin splints. My man is running twenty six point two miles a day for fun. It seems like, man. Mm. Yeah, that's impressive. <laughs> but I, I still got a good one, Tim. I still got a good <laughs> hey, one. I'm with it. I wasn't I'm ready for that, but I still got a good one. Before we get to that inspiration, my inspirational story, we need to pause, do audio meditation. It's where me and Tim talk about one thing we're grateful for each. Because in the stresses of life, we often overlook all the great things going on in our own lives. We encourage everyone listening to think of one thing you're grateful for as well. Guaranteed to make your day so much more positive. Tim, what are you grateful for today? Man, honestly, so I'm grateful for uh, my, well, I don't know whose doctor it is. I guess it's my son's doctor, my wife's baby doctor. I don't know, the woman that's going to be like delivering our child. Um, she, so I had my little freak out moment. I guess all dads have it like super late. The woman finds out she's pregnant and then they freak out. Their whole life changes immediately because they have to watch what they eat, etc. Body changes. For men, we're just chilling until the baby comes basically. <laughs> but uh, this last doc doctor's appointment, the doctor was like, so yeah, we'll see you next week. We'll find out if we're going to induce you or not. And I said, what? They were like, yeah, induce you guys next week. And I'm like, induce like next week? Like we show up next week and then you tell us, oh, hey, we're going to have the baby. And then we have the baby in two days after that type of induce. And then she looked at Edna. She's like, yeah, dads usually freak out around this time. So it's okay. Like didn't even like <laughs> acknowledge that I was there anymore. Meanwhile, my face turned red. My voice is like at a high pitch asking questions. I'm just grateful for like doctors with humor because she definitely started her and the nurses in that office started roasting me because they saw like how much I was freaking out and sweating. And it just made me feel so much better and comfortable because, you know, jokes are everything to me. So if I can get roasted in an awkward situation, I'm all for it. I mean, I, I would have had the same reaction you did, Tim. So I don't know how how to react. Still, like I woke up this morning, JP, and I went to my my son's room, and I sat down in this chair I just put together for him, and I'm looking around like I got so much more to do in here, and I literally just woke up out of bed and started working on his room like out of nowhere. That's not what I do at all. Like I'm a lazy individual. I'll play with Layla for a second, take my time, get yelled at by Edna to go do some stuff, and then I'll get up and I'll start moving <laughs> around. Nah, not today, buddy. <laughs> not today. But yeah, man, what are you thankful for? <laughs> I am thankful for coats because here in Oklahoma, it is either spectacular weather or it is ice cold. Not really ice cold. It really hasn't. It's been a really mild winter here. Fact. When you're not prepared and you go from like 77 degree weather, that's like 
19 degrees Celsius for everyone using superior units of metric to like five degrees Celsius. It's kind of me a nice coat. Shout out. And my aunt got me a really nice coat like three years ago for Christmas. She was like, you need a coat. And I was like, what do I need a coat for? And then I got it. I was like, yeah, I need this. Coats. <laughs> coats are nice. <laughs> so Tim has a love of running, right? Indubitably. The person I'm doing, my inspirational story, is about a man named Anur Abdullah. I'm just going to call him Abdullah. He's 61 years old, and he has single-handedly changed the world. So when he was born, he ended up going to a foster home, and he was raised really, really rough because both his parents died when he was six years old. He didn't have any immediate family. He never saw them. He was at his foster home. They had a strict curfew, and he just wanted to get away. So for him to get away, he would go swimming. He's in Malaysia, so he would go swimming young all the time. Starting in the 1980s, he's his early 20s. He's just gotten married, and he wants to be a diving instructor because he loves swimming so much. And then once he becomes a diving instructor, he can really look at his favorite thing to see in the ocean, which he's never been able to see before, and that's coral reefs. And he goes from being a diving instructor to, to doing being a part-time diving instructor because he has this obsession with gardening coral reefs. He has this idea, coral reefs are like massive farm plants, in the ocean, there has to be a way to harvest them and help them grow. So he would dive twice a day, staying underwater for as long as his oxygen supply allowed, and he would study the shapes, the textures of corals, the conditions in which they thrive. He'd get the water temperature, the sun exposure. He'd study the, the diversity of marine life. And then he saw how one disruption could like bring about mass death. And so he would just study coral reefs. And his wife was like, this is stupid. You should do more diving instructor. He's like, no, this is important. I'm really passionate about it. This could, this could change things. And she's like, you never went to school. You have like a fifth grade education. You should stick to diving. Stay away from the coral reefs. But he kept going, kept going. Ended up getting divorced from his wife. Ended up nearly going bankrupt. But he kept studying it. He's like, this is important. So he's discovered a low-tech, affordable approach which helped coral reefs survive. He would get rocks. He built like a base. So you know when people are like growing, like like they're farming, they got plants, they build like a base and they get the right dirt in. That's what he was doing with coral reefs. He got so good at it in 2006, he took his low-tech, affordable approach he took it to a local university. They saw he didn't have any education. He couldn't spell very well, and they laughed him out of there. And he hated it. He was like, it's just ivory tower syndrome. I have experience. I have more experience than these scientists and these researchers. I've been doing this twice a day for, like, at this point, 30 years. I know what I'm talking about. Fast forward a few years. With global warming, there's mass bleaching of Great Barrier Reef in Australia, and scientists don't know how to stop it. 
So they start seeking out people, diving instructors, tour operators, local fishermen, anyone that knows the reefs. And no one could help them. And then they heard about Abdullah. They go to reach out and he's like, yeah, I talked to you all in 2006. They dive down and he's like, they talk to him about it. And he's like, you're doing it wrong. You don't need steel pipes. You don't need this. You need this, this, this. He had all this research for 40 years of diving. And all these scientists were like, this guy knows what he's talking about. So at 61, he's still doing these dives, but now he's the most important person in the world for coral reef restoration. He has people coming to him from all around the world to study under him and see how he's saving coral reefs. He went from being damn near bankrupt to having so many people and scientists coming to him biology researchers, marine biologists all over the world coming, getting hooked. He's teaching them their methods and they're saving coral reefs around the world because of this one man. If that's not inspirational, I don't know what is. Classic episode. Man, and no, that's a fire story. I know the wifey always wanted to go to like the Great Barrier Reef. She wanted to go to Australia to go see the Great Barrier Reef. And then one day she was like, I won't be able to go. It's dying. And then I remember we covered a story. Hey, the Great Barrier Reef is, it's growing again. Things are getting better. And to find out it's because of this man specifically, I think that's really awesome, man. Like he's doing, he knows what he's talking about. Like he's went through, excuse my language, but he's went through hell and back, you know, he's went through all kinds of relationships and some, and he's out here saving our planet, man. I think that's amazing. He believed in something and he, he stuck with it. And now we're all, you know, going to reap the benefits from it. That's awesome. The world's first coral reef gardener is passing on his Jedi mastery to all the Padawans in the ivory towers. He didn't say it that way, but it sounds that, nicer that way. That, that was the nerdiest, <laughs> dopest thing you've ever said. I'm, I'm proud of you. Why, thank you, sir. You're going to be even more proud whenever I finish this marathon. <laughs> You ain't lying. You ain't lying. (laughs) So those are inspirational stories for today. Tim, do you have a quote before we get out of here? Absolutely. You must expect great things of yourself before you can do them. Quotes by Tim. And we're out. Stay positive.